India's migrant workers have long been invisible to our policy makers and our politics. In late March, after the Government of India announced the nationwide lockdown and shut down all forms of public transport, many of our workers chose to undertake a long and arduous journey home by foot rather than stay trapped in our inhospitable cities. A few days into the lockdown, the government even stopped those trying to make their way home from doing so, trapping them in our cities, providing some form of relief and food, but never enough to deal with the kind of distress that has been unleashed. In late March, a group of volunteers, researchers and activists came together to form the Stranded Workers Action Network to provide grievance redressal and immediate support to workers in distress across the country. This group has been collecting data on the experiences of these distressed workers, those who are trapped in cities and others who are slowly making their way home. And through this data have made visible the deep trouble and trauma that our workers have been through since the announcement of the nationwide lockdown. This crisis puts an important mirror on the nature of our society and on the nature of our welfare system one that has completely ignored the key engines of our productivity, the key engines of our growth. To discuss this, we have here today uh, the SWAN researchers to talk about their study. Hello and welcome. I'm Yamini Ayer, and you are listening to the ninth episode of the Center for Policy Research's Thought Space on the Unfolding Coronavirus Pandemic. To discuss the SWAN study and the work undertaken by the SWAN group, as well as their understandings of the impact of the lockdown on migrant workers, I have today with us Anandita Adhikari, a PhD student at Brown University. Anandita has also been associated with the Right to Food and Right to Work movements. We also have Seema Mundoli, faculty member of the Azim Premji University, and Sanjay Sinha from Muzaffarpur, Bihar, who is part of the Samaj Parivartan Shakti Sangathan and Narega Watch in Bihar. Thank you very much for joining us. Anandita, let me begin with you just to ask you to explain to our listeners how the SWAN network was formed, uh, the role that you are playing in providing grievance redressal and support to uh, migrant workers, and also importantly, uh, the process by which you've been collecting data so that we have a background from which we can begin to understand what you've learned uh, about the nature of distress that workers have experienced in these last 40 days. Thanks, Yamini, for having all of us. Um, and it's, it's great to be able to do this um, on the eve of releasing the second um, iteration of the SWAN report, as it's now called. Um, so the, the, the SWAN initiative or the Standard Workers Action Network really is a loose uh, coming together of 
volunteers and many of us um, sort of it started off by a few of us who are embedded in um, certain communities uh, of, of activism and um, and organizations in different parts of the country where we work do research um, etc so it began by groups and people like Sanjay reaching out to us personally to ask for help for uh, migrant workers who are stranded in our cities so in Delhi Gurgaon Bombay Bangalore where all of us are um, currently living and working so what started off as a as an act of sort of personal kind of help that we could extend at our own individual levels we realized that the scale of the issue was was much larger than what a group of four or five people could handle so slowly the standard workers action network came to be and it is now a group of over 75 volunteers and um, over the two phases of the lockdown period we have now been we have been in touch with uh, 1500 groups of workers that adds up to approximately 17,000 migrant workers um, in stranded in different parts of the country. So what is what we would really like to clarify at the outset though is that this whole initiative is a survey or a study intention was not relief or immediate cash support Along the way, we decided that we, it was important to also document the experiences of the workers we were talking to in order to both be able to help them better, but also to be able to understand the conditions of uh, life and work that they were currently in. Um, the other important thing to point out is that these are not one-time interactions. We continue to stay in touch with these migrant workers um, over the course of the lockdown period. So, jo, jo almost over time data milta hai ki inki pehli sthiti kya thi aur ab kaisi hai to ye hum log is tarike se hamare jo is report mein jo findings hain they sort of reflect um, a range of experiences um, over the course of the lockdown period. Thank you, Oni. And uh, this has been extremely uh, important for us to understand. Can you, uh, Osima, can I ask you to come in to just give us a sense of what you are learning through these interactions and uh, what your data is telling you? And I'd be particularly keen to share with the listener whether there has been any progress or not uh, between uh, the kinds of distress messages and uh, challenges that were highlighting uh, in the earlier uh, phase of the lockdown in March and April uh, first week compared with later as the lockdown pro progressed and presumably as uh, some of the benefits that were announced at the end of March were beginning to start uh, being rolled out. Thank you, Yamini, and it's a pleasure to be here today for this podcast. So uh, I would like to answer your question. I would like to uh, sort of, as uh, one of the things that Ani also mentioned is that we have a very large group of volunteers and they are divided into zones. So I would like to use the experience of the South Zone to maybe answer the questions. And these are very varied across zones. So the North may have a different uh, set of experiences, but broadly, uh, the distress levels, the access to food, the access to rations, the access to cash have all been uh, similar. So for the South, the largest volumes of calls we have received, I mean, from Karnataka, followed by Tamil Nadu, and a few from AP and Telangana, and yes, a couple from Kerala. 
So the migrants in the south in these states were mainly from the states of Bihar, Jharkhand, and West Bengal, and interstate migrants in Karnataka from North, from North Karnataka like Gulbarga. So in early April, the calls they got were really desperate ones in need of food and rations. So it typically would be people who hadn't eaten a few meals or had to skip meals or were surviving on just biscuits as a large group in Bellary were doing. And these were all mainly migrants. They could be scattered small groups working on small construction projects or families involved in different livelihoods, such as maybe one of them is working in a beauty parlor or a plywood shop. And then there were the really large groups that had reached out uh, who are working in huge construction projects under companies and contractors and as suspected having no idea who the principal employers were. And they were generally completely left to the fate of the contractors. So they were without pay, uh, without food or rations mostly. Some of them said they had received partial payments. Some of them said they were being provided by cooked food or rations, but not to the extent to alleviate any of the real distress that they were facing. Uh, but as the days of the lockdown progress, so our immediate response when a worker in distress would call was to assess the needs. Uh, and if the groups were small, uh, try to do a small cash transfer. If the groups were large, try to link up with a local organization that could support them with rations. So, but as the days of the lockdown progressed and then it was extended, the complexity of providing relief was also increasing. One of the absolute main things that came out was this really urgent need for cash. So while rations and feeding centers were, uh, well, there were many government orders saying that yes, rations are being made available. We have so many feeding centers. There were multiple issues with it. So if you take the Indira canteens in Bangalore, for example, uh, you could you couldn't pack food and take, right? So only uh, some some it, and it would be very crowded. So only some people, uh, mainly the men, could access it. Women and children uh, could not. And so. The main uh, thing that most of the people wanted was cash. And this was to buy things like gas that many had run out of. So nobody, uh, or medicines, or to pay rent, or specific needs. We began to get calls from families with very small babies, or children and elderly who had really, really specific needs. But then again, uh, so it, it wasn't limited to that. It wasn't just cash. If, if we said, okay, can we do a cash transfer? The worker would say, can you give us rations first? Because they had no access to ATMs since there was no transport or the rations had become scarce or expensive. But eventually what we realized is that no matter what, whether there was cooked food or rations, the main need was for cash. And yes, there were government measures, like I mentioned, supplying PDS jobs. There was a circular for interstate portability of PDS. You can't buy even three rupees of rice and wheat if you don't have money and you also need additional things like salt and oil. And migrants, even if they had ration cards, were still being discriminated against. So if they went to a PDS shop in Bangalore, somebody from Bihar or Uttar Pradesh or Jharkhand went to a PDS shop here, they would not be given rations because their ration card was in the address of their home state, even though there was the interstate portability of PDS uh, circular. Or, or some of them just didn't even have cards. Uh, and again, uh, once the lockdown period was extended, we also saw that the zone of vulnerability was increasing. Earlier, it would be migrant workers in construction sites and smaller uh, construction projects. But we began to get uh, calls from uh, workers from the Northeast who were working in restaurants and as delivery boys. And, and it was quite sad because they were very hesitant to reach out to us. Uh, uh, they would not have had to do this if they had been paid and if the lockdown had received some kind of warning. So that's essentially what happened. We were just swamped by these individual complexities. Uh, and even in, in cities like Bangalore, another issue was that uh, towards the end of April, 
uh, we also began to get calls from the settled population. So these are people you would think you could have some more capital, social capital to survive, but it doesn't seem like they're true. They do have to reach out to us uh, for help, mainly for Russians or for money. So mm. this has been generally the state and across, like I said, there have been varied responses. Civil society has massively stepped up, even though, but they are now getting swamped with requests and unable to deal with the numbers. And government response in the states have also been uh, very different. But maybe we can talk about that a little later. Thank you, Seema. Sanjay Ji, please tell us about the Bihar's Bihari workers' picture. Because the data that we have in front of us and the anecdotally we are getting to know the Bihari migrants' population is a lot more. So, Bihari workers' experiences, if we can tell us about it. And the other thing that we are going to reach में तो गांव में पहुंचने के बाद उसका क्या क्या समस्याएं आई हैं क्या अनुभव रहा है जी बिल्कुल हां नमस्ते मेरा नाम संजय सानी है मुजफ्फरपुर से हूं मैं हां मैं यह बताना चाहता हूं अभी पिछले एक महीने कुछ दिनों से लगातार मेरा मोबाइल पे बिहार के हर एक जिला के मजदूर जो बाहर रहते हैं अलग-अलग स्टेट में उनके कॉल आ रहे हैं और यूं कहें कि हम हमारा जो मोबाइल नंबर है वो बिहार के मजदूरों के बीच वो वायरल हो चुका है और उनको लग रहा है कि जो मेरा नंबर है वो बिहार सरकार का हेल्पलाइन नंबर है और वो हेल्पलाइन नंबर समझ करके वो 24 घंटे सुबह से शाम तक रात तक फिर पूरा सुबह से शाम तक ऐसे रोज कॉल करते हैं और वो हमें अपने समस्या बताते हैं और वो उनको लगता है कि मैं उनकी समस्या को कुछ सॉर्ट आउट करूंगा तो काफी अलग-अलग तरीके से अलग-अलग समस्या बताते हैं अलग-अलग जिला के लोग हैं वो बिहार के हर एक जिला अभी तक कोई ऐसा जिला नहीं है जहां से हमारे पास कॉल नहीं आया हो और ऐसा कोई ये स्टेट नहीं है जहां से वहां से कॉल नहीं आया हो जहां पे वो नहीं रहते हो सभी जगह से कॉल मेरे पास आते हैं रोज तो उनकी स्थिति आप ये तो दूसरे लॉकडाउन भी चल रहे हैं जब पहला शुरू हुआ था उसके कल होके ही हमारे पास कॉल आने लगे थे और वो शुरुआत हमारे ही गांव के कुछ मजदूरों ने किया था क्योंकि हमारे गांव के कुछ मजदूरों मजदूर लोग कर्नाटक के मैंगलोर में थे और जैसे ही लॉकडाउन हुआ और उनका पैसे भी नहीं थे पास में क्योंकि उससे चार पांच दिन पहले उन्होंने अपने घर भेज दिया था कुछ पैसे तो उनके जेब बिल्कुल खाली हो गई थी और जिस दुकान से वो राशन ले रहे थे उस दुकान वाले ने उनको कल होके ही मना कर दिया कि आपको हम अब उधार तो नहीं दे सकते पहले दे दे रहे थे लेकिन अब तो आपका काम बंद है तो आप पैसे दोगे कहां से इसलिए हम उधार नहीं दे सकते हमें तो नकद बेचने के लिए भी सामान नहीं है तो हम आपको उधार नहीं देंगे फिर वो मजदूरों ने मेरे पास कॉल किया और उन्होंने कहा कि हम लोग यहां पे 50 लोग हैं और अपना इलाके के ही हैं सब और अभी हमारा कोई ठेकेदार भी नहीं है जो ठेकेदार थे वो मोबाइल को ऑफ कर लिया है जैसे ही लॉकडाउन सुना उन्होंने कि लॉकडाउन कर लिया है तो मजदूरों को पैसे देने पड़ेंगे या खाना देना पड़ेगा तो उन्होंने मोबाइल के स्विच ऑफ कर लिया है तो हमें कोई यहाँ पे खाना भी नहीं आया और ना ही हमारे पास कोई मदद मदद आ रहा है तो हम क्या करें आप मुझे बताओ फिर हम लोगों ने कुछ लोगों को बताया जिससे जैसे अब ये राजेंद्र आनंदिता जी हैं या सकीना जी इस तरह के काफी सारे लोगों को बताया और उस तरह से बता करके फिर उनको एक मदद पहुंचाई गई थी और वो मजदूर के पास जब मदद पहुंचा कुछ पैसे भेजवा दिए थे हम लोगों ने अकाउंट में और वो मजदूर को कुछ मिला लेकिन वो 50 की संख्या में थे और कुछ उस समय 6000 रुपया उनके अकाउंट में भिजवाया था हम लोगों ने तो जो 50 लोग एक साथ हैं उनको 6000 रुपया वो बस दो दिन मुश्किल से खा पाए थे 
उनकी राशन खरीद करके पचास लोग और वापस मुझे कॉल किया कि हम लोग दो दिन में खत्म कर लिया है क्योंकि और मेरे पास है नहीं और बहुत कम कम खाया है फिर भी दो दिन चला लिया है तो आप मुझे बताओ कि हम क्या कर सकते हैं और तब तक वो मजदूरों ने जिनको जिस जो हमारे गांव के मजदूर थे उनको जो राशन वगैरह ये जो पैसे मिले थे खरीदने के लिए तो उन्होंने मेरा नंबर किसी और मजदूरों को दे दिया था कि इनको मैंने फोन किया था तो हमारे इलाके का है इन्होंने मेरे अकाउंट में कुछ पैसे भिजवा दिया था किसी से फिर वो वो जो मजदूर थे वो बॉम्बे में थे जिनको नंबर दिया था उन्होंने फिर मैंने इनके लिए भी किसी को बोला था इन्हीं ग्रुप को फिर उनको भी कोई मदद गई और फिर वो उन्होंने फिर दूसरे मजदूरों को दे दिया जो उनके दोस्त लोग हैं दिल्ली में उनको दे दिया फिर हम लोगों ने देखा कि इतने सारे कॉल आ रहे हैं तो फिर हम क्या कर सकते हैं तो ये सोच से स्वान नाम के जो नेटवर्क हम लोगों ने बनवाया था वो सब लोग मिलके वो बनाया और इससे हम लोग मदद करने की कोशिश कर रहे हैं तो जब शुरुआती जो लॉकडाउन हुई थी उस समय जब हमारे पास कॉल आ रहे थे वो उस समय यही आ रहे थे कि चौदह तारीख तक का लॉकडाउन कर दिया गया है हमें कुछ आ, मदद करिए जिससे चौदह तक हम किसी तरह काम चला लें उसके बाद तो खुल जाएगा तो हम अपने गांव चले जाएंगे या काम खुल जाएंगे तो हम काम पे चले जाएंगे लेकिन एक बार हमें मदद करिए जब दूसरे लॉकडाउन लग गई है तब वो और बेचैन हो गए और पहले लॉकडाउन से ही उन्होंने काफी कोशिश किया वो मुख्यमंत्री के नाम से चिट्ठी लिखते थे बिहार के मुख्यमंत्री के नाम से प्रधानमंत्री के नाम से वो चिट्ठी हमारे पास भेजते थे उनको लग रहा था कि जो मेरे पास चिट्ठी आएगी वो मैं उनको मुख्यमंत्री को पहुंचा सकता हूँ क्योंकि मैं उनको कॉल करके बात कर रहा हूँ या हेल्प करवा रहा हूँ तो उनकी बात भी वहां पर पहुंचा सकता हूँ उनको लग रहा था बार बार तो जब दूसरी लॉकडाउन लगी तब उनकी स्थिति और भी खराब हो गई उसके बाद उनमें से कई लोग बीमार भी पड़ने लगे क्योंकि वो खाना के टाइम से मिल नहीं रहा था गर्मी भी है खाना भी नहीं मिल पा रहा था तो उनमें से कई लोगों को जॉन्डिस कुछ महिलाएं कुछ महिलाएं की डिलीवरी केस थी उसमें उस तरह के वो समस्या में रो रहे थे कि हमारा कोई हेल्प करने वाला नहीं हमारे घर में पैसे भी नहीं है आप मुझे कोई हेल्प करो दूसरा जो लॉकडाउन दूसरी लॉकडाउन में फिर जो पहले हम लोगों ने जिनको मदद किया था पहले लॉकडाउन में जब दूसरी लॉकडाउन लगा उसके बाद वो उनका फोन फिर से आने लगा कि आ, हमारे पास जो है वो आपने हेल्प किया था और हम तो सोच रहे थे कि 14 तारीख तक हमारा लॉकडाउन खत्म हो जाएगा हम चले जाएंगे तो आप अब क्या कर सकते हो मुझे कुछ बताओ नहीं तो हम बहुत परेशान हैं हमारे बच्चे हैं ना हमारे पास पैसे है कुछ नहीं है और बच्चे रो रहे हैं खाने के लिए तो आप मुझे दोबारा कोई हेल्प करा सकते हो क्या तो स्वान स्वान जो नेटवर्क है उनको फिर से कोशिश कर रहे हैं कि और किया है कि दोबारा हम लोग उनको थोड़े बहुत और मदद कराएं कहीं से किसी डोनेट से डोनेट से बात करके और वो मदद करा रहे हैं तो बुरा तरह से लोग परेशान हैं सरकार जो टीवी पे दिखाई है अब तक और जो लोग से पूछो जिन्होंने टीवी देखा है टीवी पे देख रहे हैं उनसे अगर आप पूछेंगे तो वो तो बिल्कुल बोलेंगे कि टीवी पे जो हाँ कि हाँ ये खाना तो बहुत अच्छे से मिले हैं लोगों को राहत मिले हैं हर चीज की सुविधा मिल रही है वो टीवी पे बिल्कुल दिख रहा है लेकिन जमीन पे नहीं दिख रहा है टीवी पे जो दिख रहा है वो बिल्कुल अलग है जो जमीन पे दिख रहा है वो बिल्कुल अलग है संजय जी बिहार की स्थिति पर रोशनी डालने के लिए बहुत बहुत शुक्रिया और जमीनी स्तर पे क्या हो रहा है उसके लिए भी बहुत बहुत शुक्रिया और नंदिता कैन आई आस्क यू वीव हर्ड फ्रॉम सीमा अबाउट द चैलेंजेस दैट सदर्न इंडिया फेस वीव हर्ड फ्रॉम संजय जी अबाउट द नेचर ऑफ द चैलेंजेस दैट बिहारी माइग्रेंट वर्कर्स हैव एक्सपीरियंसड अक्रॉस द कंट्री एंड द काइंड ऑफ एंड फॉर्म्स ऑफ दिस stress can i ask you to give us a quick summary because we would like to now also move the conversation in the direction of what next but uh, a quick summary of the national level picture uh, that your new report is going to give us 
Yes, um, thanks Yamini. And I just want to, to be able to just zoom out a little bit from what we've discussed so far. And just um, before we get into the national over, the national picture, or we won't even call it the national picture, but overall findings, just to say why, have, why are we in the state that we're in and what, what, did, the, what did the crucial uh, timeline with regard to the migrant worker crisis look like and, um, and why the response has been so inadequate and why we are in a situation of chaos that we're in. So I just want to say that after the lockdown announcement um, was made on the um, uh, on the 24th night, uh, after that the financial package was announced by the finance minister on the, the 26th, but no relief package for migrant workers was included, even though uh, in a submission made by the central government in, in, a, in response to a, a petition in the Supreme Court on wage payments, wage compensation payment to migrant workers, um, the, the central government actually said that in view of the aforesaid, aforesaid package, which, which will take care of the daily needs of every poor person, which includes migrant workers, as well as their respective families in their original villages, there was no necessity for mig migration workers to rush to their villages, who started shifting from their place of occupation to their place of residence. Their daily needs were being taken care of wherever they were working and the daily needs of their family members were being taken care of in their respective villages. This is, this is verbatim what is, what is in the central government's submission to the Supreme Court. Um, and this was submitted in the first week of April. So just to point out that um, there was nothing in the central government's relief package for migrant workers. Um, and thereafter, um, the minister, you know, when migrant workers started walking home on the 27th of March, um, there was no response from the central government. On the 28th, migrant, migrants rushed to the Anandehar bus terminal. Um, thereafter, on the 29th, the Ministry of Home Affairs set up 11 empowered groups to coordinate emergency response. Yet again, no group was set up to look into the migrant worker crisis, which by this time had, um, had exploded. Um, 29th, the Prime Minister... Um, did a monkey bath radio broadcast. Um, 29th, uh, the Ministry of Home Affairs restricted movement. Um, and thereafter, there were a couple of orders about payment um, uh, to be made to, uh, to workers, but nothing for the 450 million workers in the unorganized workforce. Um, and then the petition was filed only on the 31st of March, to which the, the central government responded um, in, in the first week of April with, with the statement that I just mentioned. Um, then we find that the migrant workers spontaneously protested in Surat, um, and then there was the extension of the lockdown to 3rd May. Yet, there was still no announcement specifically for migrant workers. By this time, some state governments, particularly home, the home states of migrant workers, which in our, in our report, uh, or the people who've been calling us, 70% of the migrant workers in our report uh, come from Jharkhand and Bihar. And um, we can share some details of what Jharkhand and uh, Bihar state governments have done. So this is just a run-up to why we are even discussing this issue and why it became a crisis in the first place. So up until the MHA's order yesterday, which you mentioned, Yamini, um, we have not had any statement from the central government that has explicitly addressed the concern of migrant workers, apart from providing them counseling services in relief centers to allay their anxieties. But why this anxiety arose in the first place was because there was no concrete measure to address a very real fear of hunger in the cities where these migrants were stranded. Okay, so now to get to what are some of the, the, the findings from this round of the report. Um, so we'll begin with um, uh, what we're calling the rate of hunger and distress, which is exceeding the rate of relief. And the picture remains more or less the same. 
food distress is still very high. And we found that 50% of the workers who reached out to us had rations left for less than one day, which has remained more or less unchanged since the first phase of the lockdown. Um, it increased to about 54% for a few days after 14th April, but has been steady around that, that halfway mark throughout the second phase. Um, about 72% of workers said their rations will finish in two days. Um, second, um, 32 days since the lockdown, four out of five workers who reached out to us do not have access to government rations, while 68% still do not have access to cooked food. Um, so while there has been some improvement in access to rations, um, if 82% have not received any rations from government, that is, that is, it's still absolutely deplorable. Hunger distress is only going to rise. Um, there has been some improvement in access to cooked food, particularly in a state like Delhi. In terms of cash availability, um, we see that with no cash relief announced for migrants, except with the exception of um, the state governments of um, Bihar, which was actually quick to respond by announcing um, a rupees thousand, thousand transfer to migrants, um, Bihari migrants stranded outside the state. And then, of course, the announcement of rupees 500 to be deposited in the account, in Jandhan accounts. Again, we have no way of verifying whether these transfers have been made, whether people have withdrawn, whether there were any errors. There is no publicly available data to even tell us whether these 20 crore uh, accounts have actually been credited. And in our, um, in, according to the workers who we've been in touch with, only about 20 out of the 1,500 groups or 17,000 workers have actually said that they have received um, any cash from the government. So 64% have less than rupees 100 left with them. And um, again, to, to go back to a statement made by the Solicitor General in the Supreme Court, um, they, they remarked, the Supreme Court, the Solicitor General remarked that the central government has made provisions for cash relief um, uh, to the working poor, and this should provide them enough of a cushion. So our question really here to the central government and to the Solicitor General is, is rupees 100 an adequate cushion? for people to, to buy vegetables, food, medicines, uh, recharge their phones and get back home in the two and a half weeks of the, remain, the remaining two and a half weeks of the lockdown period. So precarity really continues and 46% of the calls we received um, are SOS calls and SOS calls, we classify SOS calls as those where people have either uh, don't have rations left for the next meal or have skipped the previous day's meal or have no money left. They report saying we have kuch paisa nahi bacha hai. On wages and employers, so as on April 26th, only 6% of those who reached out to us had received their full wages. Now this is despite two orders being issued by the Ministry of, of Labor um, stating that employers must pay um, their workers who should be deemed to be at work during the lockdown period. Despite this, 78% have not been paid at all. Um, this, of course, excludes self-employed workers. So precarity is extremely high. As Seema mentioned, about 60% of those who called us were daily wage workers who work in factories, construction sites, and these are all construction uh, contract labor. So uh, an important thing to point out is that they are twice removed from the system because in most cases, these workers are not even able to name their company or their actual employer. They are just about able to name their contractors. So contractor, he thekedar, he malik hai. And ye kafi 
काफी सिचुएशंस में ये ठेकेदारों ने भी अपने फोन बंद कर दिए हैं वो खुद कहीं पे भाग गए हैं सो देर इज एब्सोलूटली नो एम्प्लॉयर एज सच दैट दीज वर्कर्स कैन इवन रीच आउट टू 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 डिमांड वेजेस इन सम very exceptional cases um you know contractors have have um personally come and given rations for maybe a day or two to their um workers so important to point out that more than 99% of, of self employed who would be people like street vendors um you know people working who have small puncture shops maybe a small chai ki dukan etc have obviously and rickshaw pullers who of course would not have um received any uh, income during this period Anandita has pointed to some very important issues that need to be considered as we redefine the government's policy architecture and policy approach to the challenges that confront migrant workers in our cities. They point to some larger questions that need further debate. Questions of food and income security measures, the kind of social insurance architecture that needs to be put in place, but also points to critical issues about the nature of labor capital relations and the role of the state in mediating these relations. The future of our workers depends significantly on how the bargaining power of our workers is restored. I now want to ask our guests to talk a little bit about the kind of policy measures that need to be put in place to ensure that the balance of power is readdressed. So as uh, the second report we've given a series of recommendations as well which are uh, both short term and uh, long term. So as we found the two of the things that we want to focus both in the short term and the long term is on food security and wages So when we talk about uh, food security, it's uh, essentially so. Right now, this uh, the PDS ration, the way it is being given, uh, that needs to drastically uh, change. So one is double the ration for three months. I think the government should not be focusing so much on you know how much of wastage and whether I'm giving a double. See, just give rations for three months and universalize uh, the access to all these food grains and not just rice and wheat, but also pulses. because we have the uh, we have the grains in the godown so just take them out and distribute them through the pds system with regard to wages compensation one of the recommendations that we've given is to have an emergency cash release of 7000 per month for at least 3 months as cash again without any biometric without any uh, you're asking too much for all these uh, verifications uh, documents and a minimum wages for 25 days in a month to be released into the jandan accounts of all urban residents in the informal sector because again that's one of the worst that has been affected they have to pay full wages to all workers the state government has to uh, pay all these wages and we also have to pay the wages under the mgnrega one of the recommendations for cities that we have put in and which we have been working earlier also is to have an urban employment guarantee scheme along with the nreg in the rural areas so uh, orissa government has issued an order for a post covid uh, urban employment guarantee to look at what kinds of interventions you can have in the cities that provide both wages as well as uh, uh, employment and some degree of security to stay in the city so these are some of the main things and i'll ask anandita to add to it yeah so um, i'll say two things uh, one important thing to point out is that the ability of the government both center and states to even respond to the extent that they have in this crisis is because we have some semblance of a rights based welfare architecture so it's really important to point out that the same welfare architecture that was um, you know either uh, you know 
mocked or uh, or or completely ignored and and slowly sort of almost being let to die um, as we would recall the famous statement that the prime minister made in the in the well of the house um, about nrdj uh, we it's important to recall that during this period it is it is our existing social uh, pension uh, system it is the nrdj which allowed for a large scale financial inclusion to take place in the country uh, as it stands today um it is the revamped pds under the national food security act that is allowing uh, state governments to actually distribute grain um uh, down to the hamlet level so so first and foremost um it it reinstates um uh, you know the, the the importance of our existing um rights based social security um, measures in this country and the urgent need to strengthen to increase budgetary allocations um that's one two the migrant worker crisis in particular has has brought to light is the the absolute absence of a of a social security system in place in urban areas our cities are um absolutely inhospitable for to workers um and there is um and and there are a range of experts who can offer more concrete suggestions um but the social security cover in our cities uh, needs a lot of work and careful consideration uh, the urban employment guarantee being being one concrete recommendation the third is that um one of the the measures that is often talked about in the relief package is this um construction workers uh, welfare boards that have been set up um and that have all these large unspent funds lying there and they and the central government has directed state governments to use this money to actually uh, to provide relief to to workers however it's important to point out as perhaps many others have that it's a negligible proportion of um informal workers who are actually registered with these boards number 1 and even in boards for instance uh, in uttar pradesh there are 30 lakh workers that are registered in these on these boards but um you know the bank accounts of only under 8 lakhs are 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 available with these with these welfare boards so 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 again um it it brings to brings to fore the the need to um put some serious thought into uh what these welfare boards mean what is what are the kinds of resources that these they need um and we need to urgently um uh reform these instead of doing away with them as the the recently passed labor codes uh, actually propose sanjay ji aapki rai aage ki soch kya honi chahiye agle 3 mahino mein तीन या छह महीनों में किस तरीके के वेलफेयर मेजर्स को बढ़ावा देना चाहिए ताकि जो क्राइसिस हमने पिछले एक महीने से देखा वो फिर से रिपीट ना हो स्पेशली जब कोशिश हल्के हल्के लेवल पर हो रही है कि लॉकडाउन को ये नेशनल लेवल जो लॉकडाउन है उसकी उसको थोड़ा खोलने की कोशिश करें और रूरल एरियाज में और कुछ हद तक शहरों में भी आ, काम आ, फिर से चालू करने की कोशिश चल रही है तो हमें क्या करना चाहिए ताकि मजदूर की जो की राइट्स जो हैं उसको हम प्रोटेक्ट करें और जिस तरीके से उनको शहरों में उन, उनके साथ बर्ताव किया गया है उसको फिर से रिपीट ना हो देखिए सबसे पहले तो अभी सरकार को मजदूरों को फ्री करना चाहिए कि वो उनकी इच्छा क्या है मजदूर क्या चाहते हैं वो क्या कहाँ वहाँ पे रहना चाहते हैं या घर आना चाहते हैं यदि वो घर आना चाहते हैं तो वो घर आने दे उनको सरकार और जैसे ही वो गांव पहुंचते हैं अपने बाहर से 
यहाँ पे गांव में या जो भी गांव के जो शहर होते हैं वहां के भी मजदूर अगर वापस आते हैं तो सबसे पहले उनकी रोजगार के लिए सरकार को कोई कदम उठाना पड़ेगा ताकि वो गांव में आके कुछ ना कुछ रोजगार कर सके कोई ना कोई मजदूरी कर सके काम कर सके और तब तक काम नहीं खुल जाते अच्छे से मजदूरों को तब तक उनके जो भत्ता होता है खाने के लिए बच्चों को खिलाने के लिए वो मिलना चाहिए और क्योंकि सरकार क्या कर रही है कि वो गांव में जो लोग हैं उनको आधे लोगों को तो राशन दे रही है आधे को राशन कार्ड नहीं है तो उनको राशन भी नहीं मिल रहा और जो बाहर फंसे उनका तो बाहर में राशन कार्ड भी नहीं है तो उनको वहां पे भी राशन नहीं मिल रहा तो उनको जब यहाँ आते हैं तो उनको सबसे पहले रोजगार की बहुत जरूरत है और वो नरेगा जैसे चीज को और वो अगर मजबूत कर दे जिसमें उसमें गारंटी भी है और उसमें मजदूरी बढ़ा दे उसके तहत काम भी शुरू कर दे तो मजदूर बहुत सारे मजदूर है जो काम करना चाह रहे हैं अभी बहुत हमको फोन आ रहा है मैंने देखा इनको कि वो नरेगा का काम खोज रहे हैं क्योंकि गाँव में आ गए हैं जो लोग अभी पहले जो पैदल चल के आए हैं साइकिल से आए हैं जिस तरह से आए हैं वो बोल रहे हैं कि कम से कम यहाँ पे तो काम खुलना चाहिए ताकि हम लोग यहाँ काम कर सकते हैं अभी और अगर काम नहीं शुरू होती है कई चीजें फैक्ट्रियां बंद है फैक्ट्री शुरू होने में अगर लगता है कि टाइम लग रहा है उनका पूरा फैक्ट्री का सिस्टम बंद बंद हो चुका है टाइम लगेगा खुलने में तब तक सरकार उन फैक्ट्री के जो मजदूर है या जहां भी जो काम कर रहे हैं उनको सीधे खाते में कुछ पैसे भेजे और वो जैसे भी हो वो सात आठ जो कम से कम हो जो एक आदमी ने बैठ के खा सके लॉकडाउन करे जितना दिन करना है करे सुरक्षा के लिए किया जा रहा है वो अच्छी बात है लेकिन हम हमें सुरक्षा रखना चाहिए क्योंकि जब हम ही नहीं बचेंगे तो किसके लिए वो सुरक्षा कर रहे हैं लॉकडाउन करके तो ऐसे बात आ रहे हैं लगातार बिल्कुल संजय जी ये जो आपने बात कही कि जो वापस आ रहा है क्योंकि अब लग रहा है कि सरकार के आदेश कल निकल आए थे कि इंटरस्टेट ट्रैवल उन्होंने जारी कर दिया है और बसें वगैरह स्टेट गवर्नमेंट्स को बोल दिया है कि बसें वगैरह तैयार करें ताकि जो घर जाना चाहता है वो घर तक पहुंचे बट ये सवाल बहुत जरूरी है कि जो घर पहुंचेगा तो फिर उसके खाने और उसकी सुरक्षा के लिए हम आगे क्या करेंगे बट फैक्ट्री वर्कर को uh, और फैक्ट्री वर्कर की राइट्स को किस तरीके से प्रोटेक्ट करें हाउ डू वी इंश्योर दैट वर्कर्स हु वॉन्ट टू रिटर्न टू वर्क टू सिक्योर द इनकम्स टू सिक्योर द डिग्निटी एंड राइट टू वर्क आर एबल टू डू सो इन एन एनवायरमेंट दैट प्रोटेक्ट द राइट्स एंड इंश्योर्स दैट द काइंड ऑफ क्राइसिस वी हैव कन्फ्रंटेड इन दिस लास्ट मंथ इज नॉट रिपीटेड सो फ्रॉम द पॉइंट ऑफ व्यू ऑफ द इम्प्लॉयर वॉट आर द काइंड ऑफ सिक्योरिटी मेजर्स दैट नीड टू बी पुट इन प्लेस सीमा अनंदिता इफ इधर वन ऑफ यू वॉन्ट टू रिस्पॉन्ड एंड देन वी लास्ट संजय जी बिफोर वी क्लोज maybe very briefly amni i just like to say that um, we've already talked a lot about how the precarity of these workers has really come to light during this period and now the question is how do you not just restore but how do you because i'm not sure it was there to it was not there to exist uh, to start with which is how do you make conditions of work decent so decent conditions of work where where workers dignity is protected um and you have the measures in place to ensure that 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 there's both decent and dignified work so um so long standing demands and kind of what are some of the i think we need to think about what are the principles of of the dignity of work whether it's kind of um you know access to information fair recruitment practices security in the workplace in the current situation of this um of this pandemic uh which is not going away anywhere st- uh, starting may be heard you know what kind of uh, protective and uh, preventive measures will you take at the workplace these are things that employers need to need to uh, seriously consider and resources need to be allocated so that so that these measures are in place uh, as workers start returning 
uh, what kind of social protection for the families of workers are employers able to provide um, social integration you know personal development these are things that you know the ILO standards kind of state but none of this exists for our uh, for workers in our cities so it's really time to um, uh, seriously sit around whatever large kind of table and and there's a lot of ex both expertise but existing um, discussions and debates that need to be reopened with urgency uh, less this crisis um, uh, you know explode again uh, in this way so we will not have a moment like this perhaps in a long long time where the where, where urban workers have become so visible and their precarity has become um, has really become national headlines for the first time perhaps in independent India so let's use this as a moment to to start these very fundamental discussions around the dignity of work um, and uh, measures for protect workers rights um, in our cities Thank you, Anand. I think you raised such an important point. Uh, this, the silver lining in this crisis, uh, if there could be one, is that at least it has made visible the precarity of uh, the lives of, uh, of our workers who are the engines that fuel our cities uh, and that fuel our production systems. And we owe it to the suffering that we, uh, as the elite, who are the ones who travel outside the country and have brought back uh, this uh, disease to the country, uh, owe it to uh, our fellow citizens to ensure that uh, we protect our rights. Seema, uh, would you like to add anything? Yeah, just very quickly, uh, what this experience of volunteering with SWAN has taught is that we were just swamped by the individual complexities of the cases we received. So when we talk of migrants in the last few weeks since the crisis, we talk of them as hundreds and lakhs or millions, like a mass. But we realize that each of them has very specific needs and it just strikes you talking to them each time that how much as a state and society we have ignored these individual needs while also talking about the social security of access to food, health, or yes, dignity in work. Uh, we have individual rights, we have rights that schemes have given us uh, that uh, NREG or PDS, but there's been clearly a difficulty in reconciling these. It doesn't happen in regular times, but when something like the lockdown happens, you realize this huge gap. So it leaves, it's at least left me with a question of why is it so difficult to merge the individual and the collective rights? It's not like I don't have an answer. I mean, I don't have an answer for this, but maybe, uh, like you said, Yamini, this is a good opportunity to talk about this. Why the larger social security really needs to talk to also the individual uh, rights of the workers. Thanks a lot, Seema. Sanjay ji, uh, any last thoughts? Akhir mein aage ki kya soch honi chahiye, jo mazdoor vapis factory mein jana chahata hai, uske kaam ko kis tarike se protect karna chahiye? जैसे कि मैंने पहले कहा है कि उनको फ्री छोड़ना है मजदूरों को अगर जो मजदूर फैक्ट्री में जाना चाहते हैं जो घर आना चाहते हैं जो कोई कंस्ट्रक्शन में जाना चाहते हैं जिस काम में जो पहले लगे हुए थे और उनकी इच्छा है कि हम उसी काम में जाएंगे उसी फैक्ट्री में जाएंगे जहां भी कर रहे हैं उनको करने देना चाहिए और वो अगर एक दिन कर रहे हैं किसी कारण से उनकी तबीयत खराब हो रहा है वो तो उसके दूसरे दिन नहीं जा पा रहे हैं उसकी तनख्वाह नहीं कटनी चाहिए उन जो फैक्ट्री मालिक हैं जो भी उनका कंपनी है वो पूरा उनके मजदूरी दे और दबाव नहीं बनाए क्योंकि बहुत सारे मजदूर पिछले एक डेढ़ महीने से परेशान रहे हैं और बहुत कमजोर भी हुए हैं खाने टाइम से नहीं मिला उनको बहुत सारे प्रोटीन नहीं मिला है उनको तो वो उनको ऊपर ज्यादा दबाव बना के ये होता है कि बहुत मेहनत कराना वो न कराए जो धीरे धीरे जब नॉर्मल हो जाएंगे तो अपना जैसे काम कर रहे थे वो करते रहे 
Thank you very, very much, uh, Anandita, Seema, Sanjay ji. Uh, one of the most important challenges that uh, these la this last month uh, has uh, brought home, one of the most critical fault lines uh, in our social and economic lives uh, that this uh, pandemic has brought home in this last month is the nature of capital and labor relations. It is a reminder that there are many tensions in this relationship that have traditionally been unresolved, that we have chosen to paper over uh, in our quest for a better economy uh, without uh, addressing the rights and dignities of those who fuel the economy. How this relationship reinvents itself and reshapes itself, how these long-term tensions are resolved so that the crises that we have witnessed in this last month is never repeated, uh, but also that in the everyday lives of workers, we can restore dignity to work and protect rights is going to be the challenge uh, for India's future. And the nature of our democracy will only be reshaped when we resolve these crises. Thank you very much for joining us on Thought Space today. Really appreciate your time and uh, really appreciate the hard work you have done to make visible this very, very crucial challenge. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. This is the Center for Policy Research's ninth episode on the impact of the unfolding coronavirus pandemic in India. Stay tuned for future episodes. To learn more about all our COVID-19 related analysis, follow us on Twitter at CPR underscore India or visit our COVID-19 website at www.cprindia.org slash COVID-19. Dash